How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. I wouldn't take a receiver with the first pick in yes. the draft. I yep. get answered that for it. I'd take a defensive lineman or probably an offensive lineman. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. Yeah, you take a quarterback. If there's not a quarterback there, you take a defensive end. And if he's not there, you take an offensive tackle. This is kind of traditional football that you try to win in that fashion. All depends on your football sensibilities. Yep. We know what Dave Wanstead's are. And oh, we yeah. benefit from hearing them every week, <laughs> twice a week here on The Score, Tuesday mornings and Thursday afternoons on the Parkinson Spiegel Show. A lot going on, Molly. We have Shane Waldron assembling his offensive mm-hmm. staff as a new coordinator for the Bears. You got the Final Four this weekend in the conference championship games. You got the Brewers one-upping the Cubs, if you will, signing Reese Hoskins overnight to play first base, two-year $34 million contract. How much of that was what they needed and how much of that was sticking it to the Cubs because they know they were negotiating with him? Um, I think it's what they needed. I don't think a team like Milwaukee can – can go out and get a player like that just to tr- try to stick it to the Cubs. I-, I think that they're looking at their team and how they can get better and what they can do. I- honestly. They got I- better. Yeah. And, they did get I- better. I think the Cubs wanted to get the best manager they could get. They weren't necessarily trying to stick it to Milwaukee. Uh, and-, and we thought that he might be heading to New York anyway because the money would be richer there than in Milwaukee. Sure. And then the Cubs jumped in and made it uh, – a, a non-starter. So before we get to these football calls, tell me if I am in rationalization mode. Because I might be. I'm looking at it this way. All right, Reese Hoskins would have been nice to add at first base. But after the Cubs traded for Michael Bush, PCL MVP, left-handed hitter, probably going to play first base, get mm-hmm. a good, long, hard look there. Now your focus shifts. They have to bring back Cody Bellinger. And maybe Matt Chapman is a bigger priority now because you want to get one veteran in a corner spot. And if they are able to pull those two things off. Then they're good. Reese Hoskins doesn't matter. No. Okay. I think they're good. I think I think this was not, you know, I think they were negotiating with him. I think they liked him. And I think it, they're looking for bargain shopping. This is, this is not going to, um, you know, Neiman Marcus. This is more of a. You know, kind of a Filene's basement, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. n- no offense yeah. to use New York story. Um, I I don't think it it's the kind of thing that breaks a guy like Dustin, for instance. I think he'd he'd have welcomed him. He was getting used to him. He was starting to wrap his mind around it, right? But I don't think Dustin, you're not shattered by that, are you? No. Right. 
But if Bellinger signs tomorrow in Toronto, now, now we got talk- a problem. Now, now, now we I'm on to- tilt. That, that's an yes. emergency podcast situation. That is emergency uh, urgent show on a on a Thursday morning that would be ruined. I would have to keep focused. That'd be terrible. Why do you have to say? Then he's not going to sign with the Blue Jays, is he? <laughs> I don't bad. think the Blue Jays are. On I don't board think they I don't know. Two hundred until plus. they're out of it. They're not out of it. Right. I, I, everybody's not everybody's out of it. in it. San Francisco. We don't know who Boris is talking talk. to. No, and you never know what he's up to. I know. I, I got a feeling that he will come back though. Jordan Montgomery still is unsigned, and I mean, I got a feeling that the agent will come back looking to jack up the price. I'm not saying. I. I mean, I hope that. Bellinger is back, but I don't know that's guaranteed because Boris kind of throws a weird off season. Chicago got the comforts of a full belly, so they're going to have to loosen their belts to keep Bellinger. Mm. Uh, Just the longer this goes on, we talked about it yesterday. I know that he's what he's waiting for, but it's such a weird off season that here we are, January twenty fourth. Some people are speculating that. Cody Bellinger might not make a decision until another month. That would not be good. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't know, I don't know why you would feel this way. Texter saying, I feel like the Cubs are trying to turn into the South Brewers, overpay Council, and hope he can uh, work with the young players. I I don't know that I believe that at all. I don't believe that at all. No, I, I don't. No, think I think they do. they're. I think they're they're still in the hunt. They're trusting their scouts, too. They yeah. like Michael Bush. They like that possibility with him from the left side of the plate. He does project as a first baseman more than a third baseman, I believe. Yeah. And so. Bellinger apparently on a, on a plane right now to Toronto. No, I don't no, know what that No, means. he's not. Oh, no. Stop. That was, that was Shohei O'Connor. No. When he wasn't He wasn't there. either. No. No. Never You're getting bad information. Yeah. Funny, though. Funny to think of it. <laughs> All right, let's get to these calls. We got people that have waited. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Adam. Adam, you're on with Mully and Haw. Morning, gentlemen. I'm a big fan. Bless you, sir. Um, I just wanted to say that um I with with our with our Bears quarterbacks, okay, I think that um the Bears have never known what to do with a quarterback. Okay, and I would like to see because the number one quarterback or first round picks often come with the stigma that you you are here to save our team, mm-hmm. and I I don't think I don't think the Bears know what to do with a quarterback, and I would hope that maybe they would pick up somebody in a later round, and then do something with their pick. I'll hang up and listen, guys. I don't necessarily like that logic or that approach. I just look at it this way, and I'm going to continue to probably say this until it's not true. If the Bears find something about Caleb Williams in the pre-draft process, obviously, and it's egregious enough to to concern them, obviously you stay away. But short of that, you've got a rare opportunity for the second year in a row to have the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. Do you know how rare that is? Do you know what a luxury that can be? And do you know how you could set up your organization for years to come if you pick the right quarterback? All the other things are true. But if you told the Bengals they could have all the draft assets and you know a quarterback to develop later, and, and, and instead of Joe Burrow, they'd take Joe Burrow. 
if you told the Texans they could have all the draft assets and build the roster from the outside in, and, and or they could have C.J. Stroud, they'd take C.J. Stroud. When you have a chance to take a swing like this, you don't, you, you don't bunt, you don't walk, you swing for the fences. That's what I want them to do. Yeah, I, I, um, I don't argue with any of that. Um, I think it's, I think it's going to be interesting how this goes down and what happens. And I think the off season is exciting because every time you turn around, there is like another mock draft. And, and again, we're talking about the R lads 1.0. That's their first bite at the apple. That's where you set your draft board up and then you start listening to people. You, you will change that. But to me, what's interesting about it is I believe as you do that they are telling you, here's the best football player and here's why because his traits fit the position so well. And that's really what it is. Ray is in Lincolnwood. Hey, Ray. What's up, Ray? Ray. Ray, you there? Hey, Ray. I hear him in the back. Turn your, turn your radio down. Turn your radio down. Pick up uh, your phone. We can have a conversation. Ray. Oh, Ray. Everybody loves Ray too. I was hoping that he'd hear what he had to say there. I know what he was going to talk about, and it's fascinating. To Call me. back, Ray. Let's try Brett. He's in Stockton. Hey, Brett. Hey, what's up, guys? How are you? Good. We live the dream. Hey, I was just going to ask, <clears throat> at a certain point, maybe in your guys' mind, seeing where you stand right now, is there a point where you trade the first overall pick no matter what? Say somebody throws you – three first plus or something like that. Is there a certain point where even if you do believe in Caleb Williams, you say it's not a guarantee and we're getting too much value back? I don't think so. I mean, you know, look, you could always come up with a scenario that is an offer you can't refuse. I don't know how realistic it is to expect that. I don't know how feasible it would be for a team to offer that. Hypothetically speaking, is there a package of picks and a player like Max Crosby or whatever that you could throw in and say, yeah, take a look, Ryan Poles, would you take it? I'm not going to rule that out because I think that if it happens, we'll evaluate it at the time. I just don't think it's realistic. It, I, I, I think it's fascinating, the position the Bears are in. Um, I don't know that I read anything into the hiring of Shane Waldron one way or another. Do you? No. And I think the mistake will be that people will interpret it however they (laughs) want to interpret it or however it fits their argument. I don't think Shane Waldron, he's almost like a, it's he's Switzerland. You know, he's, he's neutral. I, I think Shane Waldron at this stage of his career, he's 44 years old. He's worked for Belichick, Sean McVay, Pete Carroll. We know the background. We know the pedigree. If you come from that many different backgrounds and that many different uh, schemes and coaching styles and talent levels, you can coach Justin Fields and you can coach Caleb Williams. You can coach Tyson Bagent. You can coach whoever is sitting in front of you that is healthy that week to execute your game plan. You're smart enough to tailor your game plan around that skill set. I don't think it's a tell. Maybe I'm being naive here. I don't think it's a tell. Let me ask you a question, and this is a it's kind of a dumb question, but I like to do this. He's the best Bears coordinator since? 
I, I mean, I, I mean, what is he trying to live up to? Is my question. Who, who? I mean, when we start talking about the offense coordinators of the Chicago Bears mm-hmm. and the history of the organization, mm-hmm. who are we talking about? It, it is not a long and distinguished list. It is absolutely the opposite. Matt Nagy had a good year as the offensive coordinator slash head coach. 2018 yeah. was a very good year. Too cutesy. Got, got too, too cute. Had to you go. Know, Adam Gase had a very good year and was hired yeah, got in 2015. Coaching. Good yeah. for Adam Gase. That is probably the last time you felt very good about somebody playing that role well. Adam Gase did it well enough to get hired elsewhere and to be, to be uh, use this as a, as a platform. Before that, Mully, I think we both have been around long enough to know that's not – I mean, Ron Turner was solid and steady and predictable, sometimes too predictable. But I think Ron Turner would be the guy that – we talk about the last 20 years, offensive coordinators that worked out. He did. Got him to the Super Bowl. Helped – or he was part of a staff that got to the Super Bowl. Mike Martz was a colossal disappointment, if you ask me. Oh, here? No yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. What would you tell him if you were Jacob? <laughs> I would <laughs> – um, No, you're right. But, but obviously, a, a, you know – had a lot of success in the, I mean, I don't listen. I wasn't around for any of this stuff, but I know enough about history. What was the guy's name? Clark Shaughnessy. That the guy they hired as a consultant that uh, put the T formation in. I believe he's a college football Hall of Famer. Um, he was a he he was here for many years. He he had like a perfect season at Stanford one year, and then as that season ended. He helped the Bears put the T for He was the guy who created the T formation. They put it in. He thrilled the they, nation. And they won the title. Clark Shaughnessy thrilled the they nation. They won 73 to nothing in a playoff game because they unveiled this. I'm saying this isn't like the white-haired wizard came here and developed his version of, you know, an offense. This was the Bears kind of playing great defense and fighting, uh, you know, along the way to, to – stay alive on offense. The offensive coordinator in Chicago has always been among the most polarizing sports figures in town. Yeah. Because you're never going to do the job well enough. You're always going to be questioned and scrutinized. And you're never going to be the guy that is in charge of the side of the ball that matters most to Bears fans. And and the problem is it matters most because you never had the other side of the ball you right. To experience it. You know what I mean? You don't know what that's like. And Gary Croton came here yeah. and innovated with the wide receiver screen. And now he did, and that came that went everywhere in the league, and he was innovative for about a year, and uh, and went back to college. I can remember I, when Lovey Smith hired Terry Shea, mm-hmm. and he came to the Bears from the Chiefs, I believe, and he had a, yes. a background that was, was you it? know, thought of as a, a guru and an innovator, and he was just uh, uh, obscure. And you talk about a guy who struggled communicating with players. I can't imagine that he connected in a way that was effective. And everything was – he was almost like too smart for the job. And he couldn't get the thoughts that made him seem like a brilliant orator and an interesting guy and somebody you'd want to share a glass of wine with probably. As an offensive coordinator, he was bad. And – that's just one example. There are so many names on that list over the last 20 years that are forgettable. Let's hope Shane Waldron isn't 
But by comparison, he stands out because he has worked for some qualified. He's worked for good coaches. Legendary coaches. He's called plays before. Yes. And that's that's an upgrade over what they had, perhaps. But let's not read too much into it. This doesn't mean they're drafting Caleb Williams, nor does it mean they're sticking with Justin Fields. I think it means they got a guy that could coach both guys. I I sat next to Terry Shea on an airplane one time heading down to Mobile. And um, he was, I think he had just been fired as the Rutgers coach at that time. But I I ended up having a long conversation with the guy. Well. I've had a long conversation with him too. Yeah, I told you he wrote me. I think a seven-page handwritten note yeah. that uh, questioned some of my credentials and among other things. <laughs> Sean's in Romeoville. Hey, Sean. <laughs> I bet that went over well. All right. Good. Good morning. Um, before I make my point, I'd like to respond to something that you guys just said. I I think it's a little unfair to say that Mike Martz's stint here was uh, his stint here was. A colossal failure. I mean, his first year, they went 11 and five, and they were in the NFC Championship game. And his second year, they were rolling at seven and three before Cutler broke his thumb. I, I, I don't. I don't. Fair that, enough. That's a bit misleading. Colossal failure overstates it. He did recommend trading Greg Olson. Mistake. And he was a guy that wasn't what he was with the Rams. He was a bit overrated. How about that? Right. That, that's a little better. But anyway. Um, I, I, I'm just looking back at the – Write him I'm a four-page look, letter about it. Seven-page letter? What was it? Go ahead. I'm sorry. sorry. But it, anyway, I'm just kind of looking like at the last 10 to 12 years, and I'm just – I'm looking at mistakes that the Bears have made that have been difficult for them to overcome, and I, I'm thinking they might make another one. I'll say one was not hiring Bruce Arians. I don't know how long uh, Andy Reid was out there, but they didn't hire Bruce Arians. The second was missing on – Mahomes and um, Watson. Obviously, Watson became a problem, but at the time, missed out on those two. I, I kind of see this as being the same, guys. I, I'm worried that Pat, letting Justin go and putting all of your um, hedging all of your bets on a rookie with an ascending team, I, I think it could really backfire. Um, especially when I, I, I feel like Justin is, Justin is, and I'm not making excuses for him, but Man, when I see Love and and Stroud and Shanahan and some of these other quarterbacks with the coaching they have, and I know this argument can go on forever about coaching, but you can't deny that those guys have really, really terrific offensive coaches. Sean, that's a great point. I would almost just throw it back at you for, for a moment. And, and he have to consider what he said. But are you going to miss out on Justin Fields' success elsewhere? Or what if you miss out on Caleb Williams' success elsewhere? Which is a bigger risk that you're going to miss out on? Who's going to have the better chance of success? All right. We've got to get to uh, a break. We're going to be right back. We'll continue talking to you guys. 312-644-6767. We're talking football. We're still talking about Sammy Sosa. we got someone who wants to make a point about it. So. Stay tuned. Mully and Holmes. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. 
Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Letting Justin go and putting all of, hedging all of your bets on a rookie with an ascending team, I, I think it could really backfire. Um, especially when I, I, I feel like Justin is, Justin is, and I'm not making excuses for him, but man, when I see Love and, and Stroud and Shanahan. <laughs> Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. I, I know who Love is. I know who Stroud is. Who is Shanahan? I'm not sure. Shanahan. <laughs> well, I think maybe he's referring to Shanahan. Yeah, okay. and maybe the, 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 the coaching, but the yeah. coaching that he provides would yeah. get the most out of a quarterback. His point was well taken. I think that no, he, it was a good the, call. The fear that people have in Justin Fields excelling and starring elsewhere is understood. I just don't think it outweighs the fear and the risk that you pass in Caleb Williams. He's going to go be a generational star. Oh, sorry. I said generational. <laughs> Find oh, yeah. me. Get oh, upset. Sorry. I just think that if you run the risk of Caleb Williams going somewhere else and being a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback for many years to come. And I think that this is what we're talking about. When we're talking about the quarterback position, you're not talking about next year. Can you squeeze more out? Can you get better next year? Can you make the playoffs? Can you win a playoff game? We're talking about the like the next five years, ten years. You mm-hmm. know, can this team get better? Can you can you get your team on the same plan as guys like DJ Moore, as guys like uh, uh, Month has sweat? You know, you, you've got some really good players entering their prime and you want to be able to build on that and use that and strike in the next few years. Or to put it in Ryan Poles' terms, if you want to take the North, stick with Justin Fields. You might be able to do that next year, maybe 2025. If you want to take the North and never give it back, then you got to make it. Take Caleb Williams. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, let's try. uh, We got a lot of people want to check in. Ronnie has waited a long time. He's got something interesting to say. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, how you doing? Good. Okay, Sosa. We can't we can't even think about uh, including him with the likes of Ernie Banks and Billy Williams and Jenkins and so on and so forth. And honoring him in any way, it would be an insult to those fine, distinguished, high integrity ball players. So just, it's not right. It's just not right. What, and, what's, and, wrong, you know, what's wrong with Sammy? What do you not well, like about okay, him? Okay, overall, his career, he had 8,800 at-bats, he had 609 home runs, 
That's seven home runs per 100 at bat overall. In the five years in the steroid so-called era, he hit uh, 10 home runs per at-bat in those five years. When you take those five years out of his stats, his average is five home runs per 100 at-bats. So he doubled his home run total in those five years Mm -hmm. per at-bat. So obviously there was something up. Right. And he was on steroids. Yeah, I think we all. Nobody's feel... suggesting that he wasn't. No. He... Or everyone understands the allegations. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter of Sammy acknowledging that there is that suspicion, and that he may have cut some corners. That's the condition that we understand the I... Cubs have placed on any relationship moving forward. I thought he explained it well in front of Congress. <laughs> Definitely. See. <laughs> See. <C. laughs> Uh, beautiful. That was pretty bad. That was a pretty bad moment. Uh huh. That was pretty. That was not good. Memorable for the wrong reasons. <laughs> Brazil is listening on the Odyssey app. Hey, Brazil. How you doing, fellas? Good, good to hear from you guys again, man. I listen to you guys all the time. I love you on the show, man. You guys are the best, man. You make my life so hard, though, man. You guys are always making my life hard, <laughs> especially my hey, hey, hard. I think you be in your basement, man, with your lights turned off, sitting in front of your computer screen, thinking of the best things to say to reject Justin Fields. But I'm going to move away from that. I'm going to move away from that. The the real point I want to make is what the guy just let, got off the line. He was talking about Sammy Sosa. I, I agree with him completely, man. I, I lived through that time, man. It was one of the best times in baseball, I'm not going to lie. But it was one of the most corrupt times in baseball. Sure. Probably the most corrupt time in baseball. So it's hard to get those guys credit for what they did. I loved all of them. Sammy Sosa, Caseco, all of them. They was great, man. Palmero, it was like, man, it was the best time in baseball, you ask me, but it was very, very terrible. And it made, uh, it gave them a bad image to this day. I don't think they got over it. And thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Brazil. Thanks, Brazil. I think. Yeah. You're plotting I don't in your sit basement. alone with the lights off in my basement, staring at my screen, thinking about ways to say negative things about Justin Fields. I don't think – this will sound absurd to some people, but I don't, I don't think that I've been negative about Justin Fields. <laughs> what are you looking at me like that? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm staying out of it. I don't, I don't think you're <laughs> Do you think plotting I have in the basement. I'll have an intervention here if you wish. Um, I, 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 no. No. I believe that Justin Fields can be a starting quarterback in the NFL yes. for many years to He's come. He's a serviceable player. And he can definitely take your team to the playoffs. If I were the Bears, though, I would look at being more ambitious at that okay. position. Let's let's try this. You're Shane Waldron, okay? <laughs> you got a couple daughters. You got to figure out how to move to Chicago. Where are we going to live? Where will the kids go to school? Mm-hmm. Which quarterback am I coaching? If it's up to you, again, you're looking at life through his eyes. Are you saying, I can take this guy and turn him into the MVP? Look what I can do. I can get, I can get him on the move. I can move the, the, the release point uh, in the pocket so he's alive. We'll take advantage of his skills. Or are you saying, give me this young guy. God, wait do you see what I do with him. I think if you're Shane Waldron, you're coming to the Bears, and in the back of your mind, you feel like if I succeed here, I can be a head coach in the NFL. If I've come to the Bears, I think that if I want to put myself in the best position to succeed, 
I'm encouraging the Bears to draft a quarterback that the consensus of talent evaluators at the NFL level believe is special and the best player in the draft. That's what I think. Now, could you pivot and adjust? Coaches do it all the time. If they stick with Justin Fields for reasons that come up between now and April 24th or whatever the draft is, then you do what you need to do. But if you are Shane Waldron with your wife and two daughters coming to Chicago for because it's a good career move, you want to put yourself in the best position, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to go with the sure thing, the surer thing. Um, we got a text there. I, I'm only going to say this because I think it's funny. The White Sox should be the team that honors Sammy Sosa <laughs> for his time there. Burt's Boyer, line two. That's awesome. His mediocrity. Could you imagine that? No, that would be hilarious. The Sox are honoring Sammy Sosa on Sammy Sosa night at Guaranteed Rate Field for all of his distinguished years of service to the South Side. <laughs> that Hola. would be great. Sammy Sosa here. <laughs> he could sell some armor hot dogs uh, or whatever he wishes. Uh, that would be tremendous marketing. It's a very funny idea. That is a very funny idea. Well played. <laughs> all Texter. right. Let's try Mike. Mike's on the Odyssey app. Hey, Mike. Hey, Molly Hall. Good morning from South Florida. Boy, Bears fans are so delusional. It's like they dated a girl. She dumped them, and they're afraid to date another girl. So they're sticking with their four to five. She's cute. She's all right. She's friendly. Meanwhile, there's a this supermodel is, that says, yeah. I want you. I yeah, want Mike, you. This is far too self-revealing. I'm worried about you. <laughs> You know, I, I think Fields reminds me of an old basketball player, if you guys remember, Kenny Skywalker. Sure. Right? That guy could play defense, jump out of the gym, dunk contest, had flashes. He averaged 10 points a game in the NBA. Right. But he kept on surviving because he had, quote, unquote, flashes. Listen, get Khalid. They're going to draft Khalid. Nothing's going to happen. If Fields was so good, people would be offering three firsts. 31 other teams. We'll be lucky to get a second for Fields. Thanks for the phone okay. call. It's Thanks, Caleb. Mike. It's Caleb Williams. Yeah. Sky Williams. <laughs> okay. It's, yeah. He had anyone, really good points, and then anyone, he mispronounced the first name. But anyone nicknamed Sky is usually kind of a guy that can jump well. A little bit, yeah. In my opinion. I think that's probably a fair assumption. Yeah. And if you can jump a little bit, you can stay in the league. Nobody's given up three first-round draft picks for any quarterback that – Are they giving up three for Caleb Williams? Uh, probably. You could probably get that. You might get – Well, you meaning, might get two. Meaning two and then whatever this one's spot is. Yes. Yeah. You could probably do that. I think that's, that's fair to assume. So, in your mind, that's only two. Yeah, because you're going to draft in the first round anyway. You got your own pick. Yeah, but you're going to get a first-round draft pick. You're swapping spots, okay. and then two more. If you if you were to swap down a spot, would you get a first-round pick for doing that? Just for dropping one spot. You would. You pick second, you get a first-round pick, and you might get a, you know, a, little, a little taste. For Caleb else. Williams? Yes. For that spot, you, you, you could probably move down a spot and get a first and a player or a first and another first or a first and a second. Yeah, you could definitely – you could monetize it. You could maximize it. You could do that, but you're going to pass on a chance at a guy that could elevate everybody on your offense, everybody in that locker room, and be the reason you are one day a Super Bowl contender.
not just an NFC North contender, a Super Bowl contender. These you texters know, are killing me. Uh, it's it's really interesting. These texters are killing me. Um, when are you going to stand up for me? Well, I I mean, we had a texter who who said that I was being high and mighty about steroid talk, and I'm the guy that wanted to get the the uh, the hat with the wig in it when uh, when Ramirez was on the White Sox, and I'm kind of like you wanted the Manny hat, but that was kind of a joke. It was wasn't a joke. It? I mean, I don't think I was like. Here's the thing. I think when Sammy was hitting those home runs and they were having the home run derby that year, I think we all knew that the steroids were front and center. I think that, you know, Mark McGuire, there was some, what is it, interesting Dion or whatever the name of the product was that was in his locker. And people were kind of like, oh, what are you taking? Andrew, you yeah. And, and I think we knew that these numbers were inflated and we had kind of followed it. And some people bowed in the, in the stands over it. Um, admittedly, uh, I I don't know that we, I mean we celebrate it. I don't know that it was legit, and I think we all kind of knew that. Um, I also I love like hats with wigs in them, or with just general kind of wig look. I've got this hat. really when I go golfing. I got this hat that is like this. It is like this green kind of little cap. It's got like a red wig sewn into it, so you can look like a Scottish guy when you suddenly. You mean start. like a, but not red, red. It's like red haired yeah, ginger. Yeah, yeah. So a, ginger. It's a ginger. Yeah, I've hat. seen those. Those are hilarious. I didn't know you had one of those. I have one yeah. in my golf bag. Wear it tomorrow, so that I put for the it Twitch on. audience. I, I I was covering a World Cup game in 1994, and I don't know if you remember this guy, Carlos Valderrama. He was this star on Colombia, great player. And he had this, like, this kind of blonde afro. And the fans used to wear these things to the games. And I was trying to get one. Mm-hmm. And after they, they had been eliminated, they lost the game. I saw a guy, and he had pulled it off his head. And I'm like, hey, how much for the wig? You know, the guy was going to buy it off him. He wore it, and he you were going to buy it off him? Then he took it, he threw it to the ground, spit on it, and crushed it with his foot. And I was like, no, oh, never mind. Hold on a second. He had to spit on it and crush it with his foot before you were convinced not to buy it? I, I he wore thought it for it a would game? Be, I thought it would be like the funniest memorabilia you could get out of a game. It and sounds pretty gross to me. It, it is probably gross. I'm not sure I'd have worn it. I would have given it maybe to somebody who, to wear it. Who? So what wig will you wear known. tomorrow? I'm not going to wear a wig. I, you just said you like I wearing do, wig hats. No, no. I'm saying like I do have like an Elvis wig. You know, like I, like I would do stuff. Like my brother would be in town Listen, with hey, his bud, daughters, and can... I would say, "Oh, I'm going to comb my hair," and I would go into the closet and pull on an Elvis wig, and the kids would just squeal. You've got a hysterical. tremendous platform here every morning, five thirty to ten. To wear we've, a wig, we've got a Twitch audience. No. This is a visual medium. No, it is radio. But come on, let's no. get with the times. Tomorrow, wig it out. Uh, that's that's weird. I'm just saying. <laughs> A Manny sewed into a White Sox hat, I thought would be That's funny. Weird. A Manny wig. How was that? How, how does that lead me to wearing a a filthy Valderrama wig? Valderrama. Oh, I'd love to see that. Player. Can't wait till tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold your breath. We're gonna stay with it. We got your calls. We'll be right back. Molly and Hall, this car. Listen, get Khalid. They're gonna draft Khalid.
Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Funny stuff. Enjoy our phone calls. Yeah. All good. of our callers make good points. All of our texters make yeah, we got a good interesting group, points. And we appreciate them. We do. And um, let's get to John. He's in Aurora. Hi, John. Hey, guys. I just want to say real quick that, you know, we're putting our faith in the great talent evaluator of um, – Ryan Pohl, he's the same guy who made a bunch of draft blunders and um, trades with the wide receiver position where he evaluated the quarterback class last year and said, no, I think I'm good with Justin Fields when you have a generational talent that the Texans selected and strode, and he passed on him so that he could get a wide receiver because he screwed that up. The Bears need, to, need an offensive line. They need a wide receiver. They need, Justin Fields can play. You don't know how, like, when, when, when Chase Claypool is here, if you watch some of the game film, they were forcing the ball to, to Claypool an awful lot. They weren't throwing the ball at the time to, to Moore. So all, all those games that, that he had really bad games, was it him not reading defense or was it them saying force Claypool because we had traded for this guy and we need him to perform? Thanks, John. Yeah, I, I saw they had the, uh, the all-rookie team, pro football yeah. Uh, writers of America picked an all rookie team and and the Bears um the Bears guy made it, right? Darnell Wright made Darnell it. Darnell Wright. Pretty good evaluation was, was there. One of them. Yeah. Uh so did Jody Joey Porter Jr. I know he did. Tyreek Stevenson did I, not. Tyreek Stevenson did not. No, but Joey Porter Jr. Okay. was the guy that came in the in the Claypool trade. It was a terrible trade. It was a bad idea and you gave up too much and it didn't work. He did the same trade the next year. And he got Montez Sweat, and they paid him $100 million, and the guy's phenomenal. Pretty good deal. So I, I, I just think the idea that you had the, the cajonas to come back the next year with the same type of deal um, for a better player, and a guy that, you know, I, I mean. You miss. The only thing you learn. GMs miss. GMs. You take swings, you're going to miss. You make as many decisions yes. putting together a football team it's understandable. as you have to make. Not, you're going to miss. not going to give him a pass on that, but, but I think that some I give things, him a pass on the trade. Even the, with C.J. Stroud doing very well. Pros and cons. You got a chance to take a quarterback now that could be better than Stroud. We'll and see. And here's the difference. Here's the difference. Last year, you were talking about moving on from Justin Fields after two seasons. And the flashes in season two were very good. Yep. Very impressive. You tapped into something. You did. And then you lost sight of it. Well, you lost sight of it because then you went into the season, and we don't need to relitigate that. But then it was a bad scheme. No, Luke Getze's gone and forgotten. Counselor! But I think that when you look at where we are now, you're 37, 38 games into – Justin Fields' career. The body of work is big enough to have drawn some conclusions. The anticipatory throws could be improved. The accuracy, I object. The, the accuracy could be improved. Yes, Charlie Weiss, you can improve it. No. I guess. I don't think you do. I don't know. I, I it needs improvement. Charlie. Charlie. Can you give us some examples of that? Because <laughs> you don't really improve it. We would not have been able to get that and then no. still gotten him out on, on time. But the, the point is... <laughs> The point is that this is a different juncture in his career, and you're making a decision based on different factors. This is going into year four. There are some financial ramifications in sticking with Justin Fields that are less exciting to discuss but are also part of the equation. I don't think it's the same equation 
you, you can't look at C.J. Stroud and say they should have done that last year. I understand why they didn't. I understand why they gave Justin Fields one more season, but I also think now they have enough evidence to say, all right, we can do better. Let's try Jim. He's in the western suburbs. Hi, Jim. Hey, guys. Morning. How are you? Good. Good. So so I'm listening to you guys talk about the fear of passing up on Caleb Williams and his generational talent. Mm-hmm. And the other side of it's the fear of Justin Fields going somewhere and turning out to be good. Mm-hmm. But what if you pass up on Justin you bring Caleb Williams here, you let Justin Fields go, he turns out to be good, and you also didn't draft Marvin Harrison Jr., who, in my opinion, is another generational talent at his position and arguably the best player in the draft this year. Um, so Listen, I don't I, know what you guys have to say about then, that. Then he'll I, be fired. I, he'll be fired. Yeah, I agree I, with you. He, I, I think Marvin Harrison Jr., a, a guy who who is as good as Marvin Harrison, only about a foot taller, equally as fast, equally adept at catching the football, I, I just – I think he is a phenomenal talent, and I watch a lot of Ohio State football. I don't know that the value of the position is the same as a quarterback on an NFL team. I think we all love the idea of getting great receivers and having great players there, but the quarterback position is more important. Look at Packers. Look at Jordan Love in the playoffs. Who's he throwing to? Who are these guys it's the quarterback that matters. It's the ability to put the ball on a dime. It's the, the targeting you can do as a quarterback that is important. You said anticipatory yeah. throws. That's, that is exactly and, and, the- and look, this is what makes it such a good debate, and it can continue to be a good debate. It's really fundamentally how you look at certain things about football teams and football in general. Do you believe that a quarterback – can make a wide receiver better, mm-hmm. or do you believe that wide receivers make quarterbacks better? Where do you plant your flag? What do you believe? If you believe the quarterback is the guy that elevates everything around him, and let's say then you want Caleb Williams and DJ Moore and maybe uh, the kid from Washington at number nine. All right. Or you say just Justin Fields yeah. and Marvin Harrison Jr. Do you think that's going to help Justin Fields raise a level that you can win a Super Bowl with? I, because Marvin Harrison is that good. Which is it? Do you believe in the quarterback more or the wide receiver more? And, and I'll give you an example of that when we come back. I, I've got a great example of that that we have to talk about. Can't wait. It's Mully and Haw at Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 of the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.